Well, hello, Northwoods Online family. So excited to have you here. My name is Jake. and My name's Hope. And we just want to welcome you. If this is your first time, this is a great church to be at. (laughs) We want you to text the word new to the number that's coming across your screen right now because we want to meet you, get to know you, and just give you some steps to get connected here at Northwoods. Absolutely. And if you're looking for other ways to get connected, maybe you've been around here for a while and you have the Northwoods mobile app installed, I encourage you to take a minute right now, pull out your phone and fill out the connection card. You can get information about the things that you're going to hear us talk about in service. You can send in prayer requests and you can connect with one of the members of our team. So again, lots of awesome ways to get connected this morning. Yes. So we are starting week three of House of Prayer. And today I'm especially, especially, especially excited because it's the prayer of Jabez. I remember my first job working at a movie theater on my breaks, I would read the book about the prayer of Jabez. Really? It's, it's really impacted oh, my life so cool. and how I pray. Uh, so excited to hear uh, John just kind of guide us through uh, that prayer. So yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be so good. And also, we're jumping into the last week of the fast, which is kind of crazy. I'm like, getting kind of hungry. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. And so if maybe you haven't been fasting or praying or any, maybe, you know, it's your first time, but we would invite you to just jump in for this last week. Join us for the last seven days of the fast. Check out all the resources online and just, again, get plugged in and spend some intentional time with the Lord this week. Now, I know we say there's a lot of exciting weekends, but there's another one coming on February 5th. Yeah. It's Baptism Sunday. So we would encourage you, if you have made that step of saying yes to Jesus, you've invited him into your life, the next step, Jesus says, is to get baptized, to give that that public proclamation, I belong to Jesus, there's no going back. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's all we've got for you today. Yeah. Uh, Northwoods Online starts right now. <laughs> Northwoods. You guys happy in the house of the Lord today? In the Psalms it says that this is the day that the Lord has made. I will be glad and I will rejoice in it. That means that today, regardless of what the drive-in looked like, regardless of what your mornings looked like up until this point, He's given us a reason to praise Him. Look, we put our hands together and we're going to give Him the highest praise. Everything that we've got in it, let's give it to him. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. Give praise to the Lord. Beside him there's no word. Give thanks to the Lord. His love
Lord, we just praise you for who you are. Well, church, we are here in the midst of our 21-day fast. And I know there's a lot of people who have been praying and asking God for some sort of breakthrough, some sort of blessing here in this season. And um, I want to share with you something that God kind of reminded me of this week. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I have often found myself kind of in a state of heart or state of mind where hard time believing that God actually wants to bless me or help me or extend grace to me. You know, I, I don't know if it's my own self-doubt or if it's awareness of my faults or whatever it is, but there's something that kind of skews my understanding of how Jesus sees me. And so this week, uh, I was reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where the church is compared to uh, the body of Christ. The analogy is the physical body, that the members of the church are, they each have their own part, they each have their own particular role, but together we make up the body of Christ. Verses 26 and 27 says, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part 
rejoices, then all the parts are glad. And so all you who are in Christ together make up his body. And so as I begin to think about this, maybe in our human context, I thought, if I were leaving church today and I stepped off a curb wrong and maybe I fractured an ankle or something, my first instinct, well, first of all, I would feel that suffering from my ankle in my whole body. I would be aware of it. And my first instinct would be, I got to get this better or somebody get me some ice, get me to the doctor. Like, I, I need this restored. I would never say, you know what, just cut off my foot. I really didn't need it anyway. No big deal. And so it's interesting to me that we as believers, when we are in need of some kind of spiritual breakthrough, we think when we approach Jesus that he's going to say, nah, I'd rather just cut you off. But we can actually trust scripture when it says that we are part of his body. And it brings Christ joy to restore that which is a part of him. It brings him joy to release forgiveness, healing, to bring restoration, reconciliation, to bring freedom. It brings him joy. And so I don't know what your particular situation is, but I wanna encourage you today as followers of Christ to come boldly before the Lord, understanding that he welcomes you with open arms as part of himself. It's not with dread or with hesitation. He doesn't look at you and go, oh, it's you again. He welcomes you as part of his body. Ephesians 5:29 says that nobody, no one hates his own body, but he feeds it and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And so I believe the Spirit of God wants to release some breakthroughs and some blessings here today, here during the fast. I think that's what he wants to release is it brings joy to him to restore his people. And so God, I just pray that as we continue to sing, as we, as we sing these words from scripture, Spirit, I pray that you would release blessings in this place, breakthrough in this place where people are searching for miracles, where someone has lost hope for the future, God. Remind them that you are here and you are at work. And we are so grateful, God, for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let's just take some time to thank God. We have sung this morning 
about his goodness, his mercy, his blessing, his freedom. Let's just thank him where we are, God. We thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that apart from you, we can't even stand here this morning to sing and to hear your word. Father, we just thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Welcome to Northwoods. My name is Bruce, one of the pastors here. And we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us this morning. Wherever you're watching from, if you're here in the room online, we are so glad to be spending this time with you. And listen, if you are new to Northwoods, uh, maybe this is your first time with us or you've just been a couple of times, we are so glad that you're here. We just want to encourage you that at this time to maybe text new to the number on your screen. And we just want to make sure that you know that we recognize that you're here. We don't ever want you to come in and leave and wonder, did anybody even know I was there? So we want to reach out to you to know how we can minister to you. And then if you're here in our building, when you leave, we encourage you to visit one of our new here kiosks and just a chance for you to have a personal face-to-face welcome with one of our welcome team members. But for the rest of us, We're glad you're here as well, and I'm going to ask you to do something, if you haven't already, to take out your phone, open up the Northwoods app, go to the connection card, and just fill that connection card out. Allows you to show that you're here. If you brought someone with you, you can put down who you brought. But one of the benefits of the connection card is you can share a prayer request. And folks, we have a prayer team right now. Uh, that we'll be praying for every single prayer request that is submitted because we believe in the power of prayer here at Northwood. So we encourage you to do that. The connection card, the Northwoods app, is also the gateway to all things Northwoods. And so uh, upcoming classes, upcoming ministries and events, my birthday, all those important things are listed there so that you are in the know and you can participate and be part of our Northwoods community. Well, we're also excited for what's coming up in two weeks. Two weeks on February 5th is Baptism Sunday. And I don't know if that's exciting for you, but it's exciting for me. Uh, Baptism Sundays are two of our most incredible times of worship here at Northwoods. And so we have a chance to celebrate with those who have said yes to Jesus and are now ready to take that step of obedience in baptism. And if you have recently said yes, Uh, Or if you said yes a while ago, but you have not yet uh, been baptized, we just encourage you to pray uh, and to visit our website, northwoods.church slash baptism. Uh, It allows you to sign up, but also learn more about why baptism is important. And for those of you with children in Discovery Land, next Sunday, uh, we are having a Discovery Land baptism class. So maybe you've been talking with your children about baptism, or maybe they've been talking to you and asking questions. So this is an opportunity for them to come, and we will teach them about baptism. And I'm excited to see that maybe we'll have some of our young kids get baptized here in two weeks. Praise the Lord for that. There's also two other things that I just want to share coming up in February. The first is February 11th. It is our Valentine's date night. So whether you're newly married or maybe not yet married, but you get that special someone, or you've been married for a while, this is a great time to come and just nurture that relationship. It's a great price, $60 per couple. And I promise you, guys, listen to me. If you forget Valentine's Day, the I'm sorry I forgot Valentine's Day gift is much more expensive than $60, I'm telling you. So this is a bargain. 
So we just encourage you to uh, find out more information on that, northwoods.church slash marriage. And then finally, at the end of February, just an incredible weekend, setting captives free. We have seen and we believe in the power of the Spirit to release people from the things that hold us bondage. And so we provide this weekend for you to come and receive encouragement, for you to come and receive prayer and just experience the freedom that is in Jesus Christ. And so northwoods.church slash freedom. Uh, You can sign up if you want to be part of the deliverance prayer team or if you just want to come and experience that night of freedom. So we invite you to that. And then finally, last week, Pastor John stood up here and just shared the blessing of God's faithfulness through your giving. And folks, there is not a ministry in this church that doesn't benefit from your giving. And when you give, you touch every single ministry going on here at Northwood. So thank you for that. And listen, we know, we know things are expensive. Prices are always going up. Just the other day, I opened my water bill and electric bill at the same time, and I was shocked. So, but despite that, we do appreciate your giving, and we want to try to make it easy for you to give. And so you can give at any one of our drop boxes in the auditorium, out in the foyer. You can give online. You can give through texting. But again, the bottom line is thank you for giving to Northwoods. God is using you to do great things through that. Well, we're going to hear from Pastor John now, and he's going to continue talking about the importance of prayer and ways that we can enrich our prayer life. So please join me as I pray over Pastor John and the service. So Father, we thank you, God, for the opportunity that you give us 24-7 to come before you and to communicate with you, to pour our heart out to you, bring our needs before you, worship you. And I just pray now for Pastor John as he comes and teaches Father, open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to the truth of your word, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, good morning, Northwoods. Good to see you on this snowy January morning. Glad to have you here as we continue in week three of our series on prayer called House of Prayer, and we're also entering into the last week of the fast. And you know, if you're like me, there's been years where I say, all right, I've made it two weeks, I'm just going to cash it in. Listen, I want to encourage you to stay strong and finish strong in this fast because you know what, there are always... There's always more happening when you fast and pray than meets the eye. You might not see things happening in the natural, but when you are fasting and praying, there are things happening in the supernatural. And so finish strong. You know, I found that when I finish strong with the fast at the beginning of the year, it sets the tone for the rest of the year because I said, you know what? I made a commitment. I started something and I'm going to finish it. And when you finish when you're fasting and praying, when you, when you make that commitment at the beginning of the year, it sets the tone for the rest of the year that I'm a finisher. I finish what I begin. And so I want to encourage you to finish strong with us. And again, if you haven't been, I'd love to have you follow along with us in our daily devotionals on our app just to kind of guide your time with the Lord. Now, we're going to hop into our series here and our, our teaching here in just a few moments. So I want to give you a vision update this morning. You know, we have a vision to not only see every chair represent a church planted somewhere around the world. That's why you'll see the gold placards on the back of the chairs around the room. Those represent churches that have been planted through our partnership partnership with Surge. But we also have a vision to plant 20 churches in the U.S. by the year 2030. And we've currently planted two, Pathway Church in Moline and the Ascent Church in Galesburg. But today, I'm excited to share with you that we are 
partnering with two church planters who are planting church number three and church number four of that 20. We have a a person that's connected with our team here at Northwoods that's been kind of boots on the ground for us, helping get these guys ready. And they're actually both launching their very first services today. So Jonathan and Christina Singh will be launching Tribe City Church in Surprise, Arizona. That's near Phoenix. And we actually have one of our elders and his wife and a couple from our team who are there with them today as they launch. And I look forward to being able to introduce you to Jonathan and Christina in the days ahead. They've been here with us at Northwoods to visit. They're a great couple, and they have a call of God in their life to plant a church. So there's Jonathan and Christina launching Tribe City Church, and then Graham and Claire McMillan. See their family up there on the screen. They are launching Fort Worth Bible Church in Fort Worth, Texas, and their launch date is actually today as well, and they have a vision to plant several churches out of their church, and I believe they will, and again, in the coming days, I look forward to introducing you to them as well, Uh, Jonathan and Graham and their families. They're a part of the Northwoods family now, and I want you to know as we continue to pursue our God-given vision to plant churches, there will be kind of, we might say, homegrown planters who grow up here at Northwoods and and they go out and plant a church. That'd be similar to what happened with, you know, Pathway uh, and, and Ascent. But there will also be people like Jonathan and Graham whom we identify as having a call of God in their lives to plant a church. And both sides come together and agree, hey, we want to partner together to further the gospel. We have similar DNA and so we want to partner And church plants will take either of those shapes. And so I want to encourage you, if you know anybody in those areas, the Fort Worth area uh, or Phoenix, the Phoenix area in Surprise, Arizona, if you know anybody in those areas, I want to ask you to encourage them to check it out. If you're joining us online and you're near one of those areas, I would encourage you as well to stop by those one of those churches, encourage them, and let them know Northwoods sent you. You know, it's exciting because we've always had a lot of momentum with surge planting churches around the world, but it's exciting to see some momentum happening with churches being planted in the U.S., and so great things happening there, and I want to just thank you again for your faithful giving and how you've been praying towards the vision. God's doing great things. Now, as I said, we're in week three of our series titled House of Prayer. And it really comes out of what Jesus said, that my house will be called a house of prayer. And you know, it's our desire that this house, this church be a place of prayer, that it be called a house of prayer, but also that each of us individually, that our houses would be called houses of prayers, uh, houses of prayer as we go deeper with the Lord. And so in this series, we've discussed how to pray by working through different prayer patterns. And I just found that patterns help us not only know how to pray, but they also give us a track for our mind to run on as we pray. You know, sometimes it's like we, you know, we just start praying like, okay, I need this. Okay. uh, All right. What do I do next? So sometimes having a pattern gives you a track for your mind to run on. And it also helps you to have a sustainable daily focused time of prayer. The great thing about prayer is you can pray any place, you know, anywhere, anytime. You can pray while you're cooking a meal. You know, you can pray while you're driving. But having a prayer pattern 
It helps you to have a daily focused time where you stop what you're doing and you say, I'm going to spend time in prayer with the Lord right now. And so we've been learning prayer patterns. This first week, the first week of this series, we talked about the Lord's prayer pattern. Then last week, Pastor Larry Stock still taught us the tabernacle prayer pattern. And then today, I want to teach you the Jabez prayer pattern, the Jabez prayer pattern. And it's found in First Chronicles chapter 4. So if you have your Bible and want to follow along, you can go there. We'll be in First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. Now, Jabez is a man in the Bible who got about two verses in First Chronicles 4. And if you read through the first nine chapters of First Chronicles, it's all genealogies. So, you know, this person was the father of so-and-so, and so-and-so begot so-and-so, and so-and-so, and so-and-so, and so-and-so, and so-and-so. It's just genealogies. But there in the middle, there, I mean, we find there's almost 600 people listed, but there in the middle, First Chronicles 4, it, Jabez is almost kind of highlighted. He gets a little bit more ink. And I want you to look at what it says about him in First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. In the midst of all these genealogies, 600 people, it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. His name actually means pain. How, yeah, how would you like if your mama had named you pain, right? This, this little child of mine, just a pain in my you-know-what, right? Named him pain. But it says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And it says, and God granted his request. So in the middle of all these genealogies, it seems to single out Jabez as an honorable man who prayed to God and the Lord answered his prayer. Now today, in some circles, some get a little bit hesitant about this prayer because they believe that some have used it to turn prayer into just this selfish time where I get all that I need from God. You know, there was a book written called The Prayer of Jabez that sold millions of copies. We actually, many years ago, had the author of that book here to speak. And there's some who have taken, I think there's, there's some who have taken that book in a way that it wasn't meant to be taken. You know, I even, I even read, um, I have a book on, uh, I once read a book on prayer, and I was looking at it again this week on my shelf, and the very first line of that book said, Jabez got it wrong. I thought, you know, that's a really bold claim. The Bible says he was an honorable man, and his prayer was included in Scripture, and it says that God answered him. So if he got it wrong, God must have missed the memo on that one. And listen, God doesn't miss things. Jabez didn't get it wrong. Some people may have gotten it wrong by taking his prayer and turning it into a recipe for health and wealth, but Jabez didn't get it wrong. Remember the Apostle Paul said in Romans, for everything that was written in the past, what's he talking about? He's talking about the Old Testament. In fact, the verse before Romans 15, 4, he quotes from the Old Testament. So he says, everything that was written in the past, talking about the Old Testament, was written to teach us 
so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. I believe Jabez's prayer was included for a reason, to teach us. And so we're going to learn from it today. And I want to show you the pattern we find in this prayer. So let's read it again, and I'll show you this pattern. So it says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me, enlarge my territory, let your hand be with me, and keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain. And it says, and God granted his request. Now, I want you to, I want to point out here, and I want you to see that this verse starts with Jabez crying out to God. And the end says that God granted his request, which tells us that if you want to see God move in answer to prayer, it always starts with crying out to him. I love how Mark Batterson put it when he said, God won't answer 100% of the prayers you don't pray. You want to see God move, work, and answer to prayer? It starts with praying, spending time with him. But now I want to show you kind of the four elements of this prayer. So here's element number one. I'm going to call it blessing. So the first element of this prayer, blessing. He said, bless me indeed. So using this pattern, you could start your prayer time, and I did that this morning, in this blessing this section, you just start by thanking the Lord. You can start by thanking him for every way in which he has blessed you. You just go down the list. Lord, you know, I, I thank you for blessing me with, with a wife. I thank you for blessing me with children. Thank you for blessing me with a house, you know, with, with, the, with cars, you know, with, with, with the ability to, to buy food, Lord. Thank you for blessing me with another day of life. You just go down the list and just start thanking him for all the ways in which he has blessed you. So you can start there. But also, under this kind of uh, section of blessing, you can also ask God to bless you. Can I tell you, it's okay to ask God to bless you. He is a God who blesses. You know, sometimes that word in Scripture is also prosper. Now, some people might hear the word prosper and get a little anxious because of what they have heard or seen in connection uh, with what some call the prosperity gospel, which, you know, kind of basically teaches that, you know, Jesus died to make you rich. Just name it and claim it, baby. You want it, it's yours. You know, send us your 1000 bucks in and you'll get whatever you want from God. You know, I heard about a church once that told their congregation that if you send in, a, if, you, if you give us $1,000, we'll let you pick three hymns. So they said that, and this, sure enough, this little old lady comes running down the aisle, waving her $1,000 in cash, and she said, all right, I pick him, him, and him. <laughs> Listen, we don't have that kind of program here. We don't believe that Jesus died to make you rich. He died to save us from our sins. But with that being said, God is a God who blesses. You find this all throughout the scriptures. Let me show you one passage in particular, Psalm chapter five. It says, surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Throughout scripture, you can look, he is a God who blesses his people. Now, many times people connect blessing with financial gain. 
The Bible does talk about that, but blessing has a much broader application than just finances. For example, this week I got on my, you know, my Bible program on my computer and I, I did a search on every place the word bless is used in the Old Testament and just looked at what was it connected to. And there's a lot, but let me just give you a, a quick sampling here of the ways in which God blessed people. People were blessed with children. People were blessed with wealth, abundant crops, hello farmers. People were blessed with health and long life. There were those who were blessed with success in their work. They're blessed with wisdom, guidance, peace. I mean, the list could go on. I want you to understand that God's blessing, he blesses us. It's, it's, when we talk about that, it's much broader than just finances. But since some tend to connect the two and get tripped up here, let's talk about it for a minute. Okay, it is not unscriptural, unbiblical to pray for financial blessing as long as it's in the context of blessing others. See, God doesn't want to just only give you what you need. I believe he wants to provide you with more than you need so you have more to bless others with. In fact, in a couple of weeks, we're going to take two Sundays and we're going to dive into the most prominent chapter in the Bible on giving. But I want to show you something from this chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want you to look at what the Apostle Paul said. He said, and God is able to bless you abundantly. And in context, he's talking about giving. We're talking about finances. God is able to bless you abundantly. And then he says, so that. In other words, here's the reason why he does this. Here's the purpose. And I want you to see, it doesn't say, so that you can upgrade from a Buick to a Bentley. Doesn't say so that you might have a, a vacation home in seven different states and all, all over the world. Doesn't say so that you might hoard it. No, it says so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I want you to understand God blesses you so that you can be a blessing, so that you can abound and even more generosity blesses you to be a blessing. Now, one point I want to stress here. As I say that, I want to make sure we don't fall into the trap of telling ourselves that we will start giving back to God and others and being generous after God blesses us with X amount. You know, I remember there was a time right after Michaela and I had first been married that I began to pray something along the lines of, Lord, would you bless us financially so that we can be a blessing to the church and to others? Just, just bless us so we can, you know, we, I, I want to give and I want to give to others. Would you just bless us financially? And in that very moment, I still remember, as I was praying, I felt the Lord just kind of speak to me and say, you know what? You don't have to wait until you have more before you can be a blessing to the church, before you can be a blessing to others. You can actually start giving out of the little you have now and you can be a blessing. You don't have to wait till someday in the future when you have more before you can start being generous. You can be generous right now 
with the little you have. See, the Lord was teaching me, and I want you to write this down because this, this is helpful, that generosity is not an amount, it's an attitude. Generosity is not an amount, it's an attitude. It's not saying, oh, I'll be generous when I have X amount. No, it's saying, I, I, I just live with an attitude of generosity and I'll be generous with whatever amount I have. It's, it's saying, Lord, all that I have is yours and I trust you to take care of my needs. So I'm gonna be generous whether I have a little to give or a lot. So I throw that in there to say, it's not wrong to ask the Lord's blessing financially as long as it's in the context of blessing others. But on the other side of the coin, recognize you don't have to wait until he blesses you with more before you can be a blessing. Does that make sense? So listen, you can start by praying that the Lord would bless you. That can be financial, but it can also be, Lord, bless me with your guidance. Bless me with your wisdom today. Bless me with peace. Bless me with success in whatever I put my hand to. So the first element is blessing. So you start by saying, Lord, I thank you for the ways in which you bless me. And Lord, I just ask your blessing on every area of my life today. And you can work down to that list, whether it's financial, whether it's wisdom, guidance, peace, whatever. So the first element is blessing. You can pray for the Lord's blessing. Jabez did it. It's okay. So element number one is blessing. Here's the second element of this, this pattern. It's what I've labeled as impact. Impact. Jabez said, enlarge my territory. I think of that as impact. In other words, I think of this as praying for the enlarging of your life so that you can have a greater impact for the Lord. So it'd be, Lord, I, I pray that you would help me to maximize all that you've placed in me so I can maximize my impact for you. Now, some might hear that and say, well, you know, didn't, didn't Paul tell us to be content? Striving for greater impact and influence puts people in a perpetual state of discontentedness because they think they're never doing enough. And I want you to hear me. I'm not advocating that we live in this discontented place saying, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, what I am saying is, Lord, I'm gonna be faithful and content with the influence and the people you've placed in my life now. But at the same time, I'm gonna ask that you would continue to stretch me and help me to maximize all that you've placed in me so I can have the greatest impact possible in the time that you give me on this earth. And it's not for my sake, it's not to build my platform, it's so that I have greater influence for your kingdom, Lord. I wanna have impact for you. That is not wrong to pray that way. I Ephesians 3.20 in verse 3.20 and 21 says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine. You know God can do immeasurably more than you ask or even can imagine in and through your life. So it's according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Understand, God doesn't have limits. He can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Reminds me of a, the Japanese fish called the koi fish. 
You've heard of koi fish before. And I was reading this week that koi fish, uh, there's certain varieties that have the genetics inside of them to grow to three feet in length, 36 inches. But just because they have the genetic makeup to grow to three feet in length does not mean they will grow to three feet in length. Why? Because the environment that they are placed in plays a large factor in how large they grow. So, for example, you can take a koi fish, and if you place it in a fishbowl, think about a goldfish fishbowl. You place that koi fish in a fishbowl, its growth will be severely stunted. It might get out to only four or six inches, and it will die prematurely. But if you take that same koi fish and you place it in a lake, well, now there's a much greater opportunity that it will maximize all that's been placed within it and grow to its full potential. See, the environment that it's in plays a large factor in its growth. And I think it's the same way in our life. You know what? God has placed certain gifts in you. God has placed potential in you. But some of us live with a fishbowl mindset that says, well, God can only do this much, and that's about as much as he's going to do through my life. No. Get rid of that fishbowl mindset. God can do immeasurably more than you ask or imagine through your life. That's who our God is. I don't want to be the lid because of my mindset on what God can do in and through me. One of the saddest verses in the Bible is found in Matthew chapter 13. It tells us that Jesus was rejected by his people in his own hometown. Look at what it says. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. So think about that. Were there no miracles there because Jesus didn't have the power to perform them? Nope. There were very few miracles there because the people failed to recognize who Jesus was and they failed to believe that he was the son of God who had the power to heal, set free, forgive, multiply and deliver and on and on and on. We don't want to be the lid on what God can do in and through us because we fail to believe for more. No, we serve a God who can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. So yes, while we're going to be faithful with whatever level of influence, responsibility, and opportunity the Lord brings our way. Let's never settle for a mindset that says, well, you know, it's about as much as God's probably going to do in my life. He's finished. Not much more is going to happen. No, we're not living with a fishbowl mindset. So you can pray, Lord, bless me. And you can also pray, Lord, that you would enlarge my impact for you. Help me to develop all that you've placed in me so I can have the greatest possible kingdom impact. So Jabez prayed. The prayer includes the elements of blessing, impact, and then here's another element we see, element number three, empowerment. He said, let your hand be with me. You know, many of us use the phrase, you know, we've heard it, we use it. Hey, will you give me a hand? What's that mean when we say that? Well, I, I need some help. Would you, would you come help me? I can't do this on my own. You know, Michaela and I have, our son Aaron recently turned two. 
uh, a few months ago. And when he turned two, he said, you know, we're going to get this kid potty trained because we've got another one coming in February. And we do not want to have, we just would love to not have two in diapers at the same time. So we're getting Aaron potty trained. And man, he's doing a great job. It's, he's pretty much, I would say he's 95% potty trained. There's accidents are few and far between. But while we were training him, there were times when he had an accident, he would come to one of us. And I, I remember we would just stand there and go, okay, how do you even change that? Like, I, I don't even know what to do with that. Like, the only thing I can think to do with you right now is either put you in the washing machine or just take you out back outside and just hose you off and throw the clothes away. I don't even know what to do with that. And so there'd be times when one of us would yell out, hey, Michaela, John, hey, I'm going to need a hand. I'm going to need some help with this because I do not want to take care of this by myself. I need help. And this is similar to what Jabez is saying. If you look in God's word, you find that the hand of the Lord is a biblical term for God's power and presence in people's lives. So let me show you a couple of examples where it's used. In the book of Joshua, Joshua is talking to the Israelites, commanding them to tell their descendants about how God dried up the Jordan River and allowed them to cross. And he says, he did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that, and there's that phrase, the hand of the Lord is powerful. And so that you might always fear the Lord your God. In the book of Acts, it says this about the disciples. The Lord's hand, there's that phrase again, the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. The hand of the Lord represents his power and his presence, his help with us. You know, a couple days ago, my, my middle child, Joanna, she turned five. We actually had her and Ariana's birthday party. Their, their birthdays are six days apart, and so we had their birthday party for both of them yesterday. But I was thinking about uh, a time in Joanna's life. She was a year and a half old, and I, there was a time when I was, I was driving her to the church, here at church for the day. We have a little co-op for some of the staff kids here where they hang out during the day sometimes. And so I was driving Joanna here to the church. We get to the church, and I get Joanna out of her car seat, and she has her blanket with her. And I say, all right, now, let me, let me give you a hand, Joanna. I'm going to take your blanket. I'm going to carry this in. So as soon as I grab her blanket, she just has a meltdown, like, ah, I want my blanket. And, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, Joanna, you're, you're, you're a year and a half old. Like, let's just focus on, like, let's let your focus be just getting from here to the front door without falling over, okay? We don't need a blanket tripping you up. Let me take this for you. Let me give you a hand. I'll carry this for you. So we walk in the whole way, and she's just whining and crying. So we get inside the church, and I say, you know what, Janet? You want to carry your blanket? Okay, here you go. Here's your blanket. Be careful. Don't trip. So I give her a blanket. She's all happy. She immediately takes off running, trips over her blanket, and just smack face plants into the ground. And now i got another meltdown. I'm thinking, great, grand, wonderful. I, I love this. This is amazing. You know, have you ever thought as a parent, I've thought that sometimes the hardest part of my day sometimes is just getting the kids from point A to point B. Have you ever had that? It's just like the hardest part of my day, getting them from point A to point B. There's some days where I'm incredibly encouraged after I get my kids from point A to point B. And I just say, you know what? It doesn't matter what comes at me the rest of the day. This, the hardest part of my day has already been accomplished. I can take whatever comes my way. You've been there before if you had little kids. 
So she's on the floor crying. I get her up and eventually I get her to the room. And as I'm walking away, I was reflecting on that moment and it hit me that many times we're just like Joanna with her blanket. God's over here saying, hey, let, let me give you a hand with that. Let me carry that for you. I want to say, you know, I'm just too busy to stop and ask the Lord to help us. No, I got this. I'll carry this. You know, I'm going to grind this out. I don't have time to pray about this. I got too much on my plate today. I can't even sit down and pray, but I'm too busy. And all the while, we're falling on our faces. And God's saying, will you let me give you a hand? Will you let me carry that for you? And sometimes you say, all right, God, I'll let you carry it. Here you go. I'll let you carry this. And then a couple hours later, we say, no, 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 give me that back. I want to worry about that some more over here, and then I'll give it back to you in a little bit. No, he's saying, will you let me carry that for you? Will you let me help? And so this is why we come to the Lord and say, Lord, in this part of the prayer, if your hand is not with me today, I can't do it. I'm dependent on you. And so, Lord, would you empower me today? Would you fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit, because apart from your empowerment, I can't do it. I got nothing. I need you, Holy Spirit. Fill me afresh. So you pray for his blessing. Thank you for your blessings. Would you bless me today? Impact. Would you empower me today? And then here's element number four, protection. Keep me from harm. And I think what he's saying here is protect me from evil. Keep me from temptation. Notice the word from. He didn't say keep me in the midst of temptation. He didn't say keep me through evil. He said, no, keep me away from it. We see similar wording used in the Lord's Prayer, which we talked about two weeks ago. Matthew 6, 13 said, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Keep me away from evil. I don't even want to go near it. Why? Because he went on to say, so that I will be free from pain. It's a reminder that sin, while it can be enjoyable for a moment, there's always going to be pain later. It's like you think about you go out for a meal. You go out and sit down at a restaurant. You'll, you'll enjoy the meal, but remember, the bill's always coming later. You don't just get to up and leave. Enjoy the meal, but the bill's coming. It's the same when you mess around with sin. You sit at the table of sin. Oh, you might enjoy it for a little bit. The Bible talks about the fleeting pleasures of sin. There might be a few moments where you enjoy it, but understand the bill's coming at the end. And there will be pain. And you understand that when we fall into sin, it not only causes pain for us, it, it can cause pain for a whole host of other people. Family, friends, it will cause pain. There's an old saying that says, when wealth is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, something is lost. When character is lost, all is lost. I think this is why Jabez prayed, keep me from harm. Keep me from harm and evil. Now, we know that living in this world, we can't avoid any and every situation that will inevitably, inevitably be tempting. We're not going to just go home and wall ourselves off from the world, put our head in the sand. That's not what I'm talking about. There's going to be times where we're going to have to fight. But that doesn't mean 
that we have to inch as close as we can to the line of sin, evil, temptation. And then when we get really close to the line, say, oh Lord, just deliver me in this moment. No, keep me away from unnecessary temptation. When you get as close to the line as you can and then ask the Lord to deliver you in those moments, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And I remember I, I had a, several years back, I had a friend ask me to help keep him accountable uh, in the area of his sexuality with his girlfriend. He said, want to be pure. He said, I don't, you know, I want to save sex for marriage. So he said, well, you just help me to be accountable in this area. I said, you know, sure, I'll, I'll check in with you. And so I remember there was, there was one day that somehow, I forget how it got back to me, but someone shared with me that he had spent the night at his girlfriend's house. And so I, you know, I asked him about it, and I remember I, I still laugh about it because he said, uh, he kind of stammered around. I was like, uh, he said, you know, well, well listen, we, I did go over there. I did spend the night, but we, we were really just studying the book of John together. I'm like, yeah, okay, the old, you know, all night, spend the night Bible study, huh? Yeah, sure, yeah, right. Um, but I was telling him, I'm like, again, listen, you have a desire. You told me to be checking with you, be accountable, but here you are putting yourself in compromising situations and asking the Lord to write when you get as close to the line as you can to help you. That's not how it works. Don't put yourself in that situation. Bible says flee from, in 1 Corinthians, flee from sexual immorality. It doesn't say get as close to sexual immorality as possible and then try really hard to overcome it. No, it says run the other way. You know, or we could say it's like someone trying to come, you know, overcome an addiction to alcohol saying, well, uh, I'm just going to go sit at the bar, but I'm not going to drink. Okay. Or, you know, I'm just going to throw a six pack in the fridge and uh, it's really just for kicks and giggles. I'm not, you know, so I'm not going to drink. I just like having it in the fridge because I like seeing it. And just, Lord, help me not to drink. Putting yourself in a situation where you're going to fail, right? It's, Lord, keep me away from those situations. You get the point. Don't spend your time trying to get as close to the fire as you can without getting burned. And then when you start to feel the heat, say, oh, Lord, help me in this moment. You're better off asking the Lord to keep you from those moments and places. And again, I know there's going to be times where you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to stand firm, but it's okay to say, Lord, would you protect me today? Would you keep me far away from unnecessary temptation? Keep me far away from it. I don't even want to go near it. I want to ask you, what are those places? You know, there's all places where we're tempted. What are, what are the places of temptation for you? Half the battle is just knowing if the enemy is going to tempt you, in what area of your life would that be? Where am I most susceptible to falling? So you know that, and you just begin to pray, Lord, just again, would you help me today, protect me, keep me far away. I don't even want to get close to those places where I could be tempted. Keep me away from unnecessary temptation. So we pray for protection. So again, this is another prayer that you can pray in five minutes or 45 minutes. You just start by saying, Lord, again, when we talk about blessing, thank you for the ways in which you bless me. I ask your blessing over my life today. 
impact. Lord, I ask that you'd help me to maximize all that you've placed in me and maximize my impact for you. Lord, I need your empowerment today. Would you fill me afresh, Holy Spirit? And Lord, keep me from unnecessary temptation. Would you protect my mind and my heart today? It's a simple prayer. Do it in five minutes, 45 minutes. And I hope you'll use it in your prayer time. So I want to ask you as we close to stand to your feet. And I want to pray this prayer over you today as we close our time. So if you're comfortable with it, just in a posture of saying, I, I, I'm here, I want to receive from the Lord, just, just place your hands in a posture of saying, Lord, would again, just bless me. Would you just want to receive from you today? And I want to pray for you. I want to pray this prayer that Jabez prayed over you. And so, Lord, I thank you for every person represented here today and joining us, watching from wherever they may be today. And, Lord, I pray your blessing over your people. I pray that you would bless them indeed, Lord. I pray that you would bless your people with peace today. I pray you'd bless them with guidance. I pray if there's those here today who say, I just need wisdom to know what to do, I pray you would bless them with wisdom, Lord. I pray you would bless your people with healing in their bodies, health, and long life, Lord. I pray for a financial blessing in the lives of your people so that they, so that we can be an even greater blessing to those you have placed in our lives. I pray your blessing, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would help all of us, Lord. You would bless our people, that you would help us to maximize all that you've placed in us and that you would maximize our impact for you, Lord. Oh, that you would give your people greater impact for you, greater kingdom impact, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would bless, bless your people with fresh empowerment today, that you would empower them afresh, that you would fill them to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. Empower them afresh, Lord. And Lord, I pray your protection over them. I pray you would keep them from unnecessary temptation. I pray if there's places in our hearts today, Lord, where we know we're out of alignment with you, where we've compromised, I pray this would be the moment that we say no longer, I'm coming back into alignment with you, Lord. And I pray as they do, you would keep them far away from temptation. I pray that this church would be known for people that are full of integrity, Lord full of integrity in everything they do. And Lord, right now, I bind off any way in which the enemy would come to steal, kill, and destroy any assignment of the enemy that would come against your people. Lord, we bind it in the name of Jesus, and we pray your protection, a hedge of protection over your people. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Thank the Lord for what he's done today, Lord. We love you. We praise you in this place. Bless you today. I hope you have a great day. Be safe driving home out there. And if you have any need today, we would love to pray with you. We'll have a prayer team down front. You can come on down. We'd love to pray with you. For those of you joining online, we'd love to pray with you as well. There's a prayer team there uh, also. So, hey, have a great Sunday. We'll hope to see you back next week.
thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, what a great sermon about the prayer of Jabez. A lot of great tools that we can actually put into practice right now. Yeah. Add to your prayer tool belt. Uh, and don't forget, next week is the final Sunday of House of Prayer where John is going to teach us about the Trinity prayer. We'd love to see you back then. Absolutely. And coming up after that, don't forget that February 5th is Baptism Sunday, which is like a major party, it's right? Look day. at how excited you are. Yeah. It's so fun. And, and we just love celebrating everyone who's made that decision to just declare publicly that they're following Jesus. So if that's yeah. you, if you have recently accepted Jesus or you've just never taken the step of baptism, be sure to sign up and be here for Baptism Sunday. So I think that's everything we have for you. I hope that you have a really great rest of your day. And again, that we see you back here next week.